I was in a uh, desert time in my life. Maybe you've been there at some point. And I couldn't really hear God or connect with him very well. And I just felt kind of stuck in a lot of ways. And so that the, at the church Karen and I were then in, one Sunday I went for prayer to a prayer minister. And it happened to be someone I, I know, uh, I knew, a woman named Penny. And uh, so she was silent for a moment, and then she said this. She goes, the Lord wants to do so much more through you, and he will as there's less of yourself. Which was a prophetic way of saying, maybe you're a little self-focused right now. Just saying. (laughs) And I went up to get encouragement, not that. And nonetheless, though, if it was something I didn't want to hear... I came to realize it was something I needed to hear. As I reflected on her words, and they were kind of rolling around in my head, I realized, oh, the reason I'm so stuck and discouraged right now is that I don't see my plan coming together in the way I want it to. So her word kind of dislodged some of that in me, and it helped me surrender more to God. Well, Penny is, uh, is now in heaven, and I wish I had asked her, Penny, that day when you prayed for me, you said this to me, did you know that God was speaking through you at that moment? Because I don't know whether you knew it, but it was true. He was. Well, friends, one of the astonishing powers that God entrusts to you and to me is this. He lets us speak for him. Or as Jeremiah says, he puts his words in our mouth. Now, if I were God, I would not take this risk. (laughs) I'm like, Lord, you know what's going to happen, right? I mean, you know people are going to run around saying all kinds of crazy junk, and they're going to say claims you told them. And guess what? That has happened. But God must think it's worth the risk. Because he takes it. He asks you and he asks me and he he asks everyone who follows him to speak for him. In fact, he makes it like a regular part of the Christian life. Listen to Colossians 3 in the passage that Hope read tonight. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Or as Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote in Life Together, which I believe is the only theology book for which you can get candy bars for reading, all right? (laughs) Bonhoeffer says this, God has put his word in our mouth. He wants it to be spoken through us. And why? Quote, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged, for by himself he cannot help himself. See, if I'm going to hear God, I need you all to speak to me and and vice versa. We need each other. I don't know if you've had that experience in your life where you've been down, struggling, and and you opened up about that to a Christian friend, and, and that person, just the way they listen to you, or maybe they had just a simple word of wisdom 
or a bit of encouragement or whatever it was, and you wouldn't have had that had they not spoken something to you. I mean, I'm looking here at Doug Stewart. Doug, you've done that for me times more than I can count. Bless the Lord. Or maybe you were in a conversation with, with somebody here after church and that person just said a phrase, not even maybe knowing it was God, and it gave you courage for the week ahead. Or maybe you were at a Bible study and somebody said something that actually shed light on something or made you feel closer to God. A big part of how we're going to grow as a church, Church of the Savior, is to teach and counsel each other. A, a big way of how you and I are going to grow to become more like Jesus is that we become more trustworthy with God's words and we know how to bring them in a life-giving way for another person. So let me just ask you kind of like, where are you on that skill or that fine art of, of listening to the Lord, kind of listening to the person, being able to say something uh, that they will, able, they will later be able to say, you know what, I think God was speaking through them. That was really wise. That was really helpful. Bonhoeffer calls it the whole consolation of God, the admonition, the kindness, and the severity of God. Well, what I hope to do tonight is to help us all kind of develop that skill just a bit more, take the next step with it. All right, so let's start and ask, what is it that makes us hesitate to do this from speaking God's word to each other? One reason I hear from a lot of people is this. Well, I'm not really that kind of Christian who like sees stuff or hears stuff. Um, or I don't want to be that person. And I think we have this mental category where someone who speaks for God is either like definitely a prophet and I'm not sure I'm that, or maybe a little bit weird, or both. <laughs> it was interesting. Karen and I were on the beach in uh, Florida uh, last month and happened to run into a family that was just next to us there on the beach and we got talking and eventually, I don't know, they said something that led us to think they were maybe Christians. And Karen said, well, are you guys believers? And they were like, oh, yeah. And so we began to talk and kind of build a little friendship there. And this guy says, you know, I'm not one of those, like, Christians who hears things, you know. But then, and then he proceeds to tell this story where two different times he was given a word that was super, like, uh, a foresight word of what was going to happen that was very comforting for his mother who was ill. And finally, I said to him, I said, you know, maybe you might want to revise your self-perception there because you don't consider yourself that kind of person, but just, you just told about two times when God spoke through you in ways that were actually pretty remarkable. Anyway, um, where did I, I get off on a train of thought there? But that was fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what Paul writes to these early Christians is, Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Teach each other, which is not just for us preachers. It's not just for prophets and others who have a voice into the church, but it's really for every Christian. Counsel each other. That's not just for our spiritual directors and our mental health counselors, and God bless them. I'm so thankful we have many here. But it's really a command for every one of us. You see, when you and I were baptized into Christ and became a part of the church, we were given a job description. And that job description includes teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom 
that God gives. And it's not buried down at the bottom somewhere in and other duties as assigned. The New Testament says this again and again. Ephesians 5, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Or Ephesians 4, speaking the truth in love, we will grow, will become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Now these early churches that Paul's writing to here, they're still small enough that they meet inside a home, okay? And so picture people like drifting in and they're bringing food, so they find their way to the kitchen and people are hanging around leaning on the first century equivalent of the island in the kitchen and they're talking to each other. So you see, they're, they're talking to each other there. How was your week? How are you doing? Okay, that's, that's the start. And then they go down and, and sit in, in the living room and, uh, and maybe they start with some singing. And somebody says, you know what? I've, been, I've had this song kind of running through my head. It's kind of like a thought I've had of a new possible song. Let me sing it for you. And so they're, they're doing that together. And then uh, some teaching happens. And there's sort of a, essentially like a Bible study where people are commenting and saying, well, that's been true for me. Let me talk about that. Or I see this also in that passage. And then there's time for prayer. And people are saying, taking turns, saying prayers out loud or prophetic words, and others are listening and giving feedback like that. And finally, after all of that talking and listening to each other, at, then there's the meeting after the meeting, where officially the meeting breaks up, but people are still hanging out, talking to each other. I often think some of the best conversations happen in the parking lot at the church. Okay. So... The point is, whenever Christians gather, the word of God is being spoken back and forth in many, many ways. Some of them are informal, some are more prepared. Some are more what we would call prophecy, some are more what we would just call encouragement, some are formal, some are informal and sort of offhand. But as my friend calls us, all believers are word workers. Word workers. We've been entrusted with the word of God to build up each other. So, how do we do this well? I mean, how do we grow in it and really get better at it? Well, Bonhoeffer gives us uh, several practices. I want to mention three practices, which I'll rename a little bit, um, and see which one of these might be an area where you could sort of strengthen that practice in your life so that you'd be better prepared for the next time you have a chance to help someone along. Well, the first practice, uh, if we're going to speak God's word to others, is to marinate in the Bible. Scripture is God's native language. If I hope to speak in you know, God's words to somebody else, it really helps if I've been like kind of doing the Duolingo thing in the Bible and learning it. <laughs> okay? Now, the goal is not so much that we'll all become necessarily academic scholars of the Bible, although that's a blessing to the church. No, but what we really need to have happen is the Bible stories become our story. Like We, see, we, we live our lives in that story, and that story lives its life in us. And then its vision and its values for things start to shape our minds and really saturate our hearts. So then when we speak, what's coming out? The saturation of the word of God that's been sort of sinking and soaking down into the soil of our hearts. Bonhoeffer says, how shall we ever help a Christian brother, we, we will add, and, or sister, and set them straight in their difficulty and doubt 
if not with God's own word. All our own words quickly fail. But the person who can speak out of the abundance of God's word will be able through God's word to drive out demons and help the brother. That's amazing. Have you ever had like a sense of darkness or evil or oppression uh, kind of besieging your life and somebody says something to you, a believer, and it's just like it lifts? Praise the Lord. I mean, that, that happens when we have the word of God. Okay, now here's the second practice which helps us speak for him. In real estate, my friends say it's all about location, location, location. Well, if we're going to speak for God, it's all about listen, listen, listen. (laughs) Bonhoeffer tells us if we aren't really listening, quote, how can it really be the right word for the other person? We gave him the word, but if we didn't listen, how do we know it's even, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been hurting in pain and somebody tried to, uh, another Christian tried to offer you comfort and it wasn't very comforting? Why does that happen? Usually because they didn't listen long enough, right? To really enter our world, to, enter, to, to honor us in our pain, to maybe sit there in that pain in silence with us for a while. And, and then, when the moment's right, speak. All right, so the first practice is to marinate in the Bible and to deeply, deeply listen. Listen, listen, listen. And here's the third one I'll mention And that is work on myself. Work on myself. When our kids hit the teenage years, Karen and I were not sure. We'd never done that before. We didn't know how we were going to parent teenagers well. And so we eagerly signed up for this seminar, Parenting Your Teens. And so the speaker was like, had really great credentials. Not only had he parented teens, but he'd also been a counselor of families for many years had worked a lot with adolescents, and we were like super excited about all the information he was going to give us to help us parent our teens. And he got up and he spent the whole day from nine to three basically saying, work on yourself. I was like, oh, those therapists, they always had these phrases. (laughs) I came here for something practical. And then he'd say, work on yourself. Now with hindsight, I was irritated that day. Now with hindsight, if I was getting up to do a seminar, I would say, work on yourself for parents of teens. Because there's a thing, they're developing adults, but you are an adult. Somebody in the room's gotta be the adult. And how are you gonna be the adult if you're constantly getting triggered by something that they're saying, right? So they may be in adolescence, but you're in middle-essence, hello. (laughs) So work on yourself, work on yourself. Well, this same wisdom really comes in if I hope to speak for God. Because the less that I'm speaking out of, oh, I got triggered out of envy, I got triggered in anger, I got triggered in resentment, or whatever it may be that's actually not that healthy. The, le- the more I work on myself, the less that sort of clogs the pipe. And the more freely and fully the word of God can live in me and then come through me. Bonhoeffer asks us all, if what I say comes not from a spirit of bearing and forbearing, but from impatience and the desire to force its acceptance, how can it be the liberating and healing word? This is why when the Bible tells us to teach and counsel each other there in Colossians, it's first said all of this, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, 
gentleness, patience, make allowance for each other's faults, forgive each other. If you're that kind of person, when you finally speak for God, even if it's challenging, you know what? The person can say, that person's a good person. They love me. Um, now, some of you here, uh, you've already got in place those practices. They're fully in your life, and you're deeply listening to others. You're working on yourself. So you may be ready to move up to uh, course 401, speaking on behalf of God, colon, how to bring a hard word to someone. Now, many Christians arrange their schedules so they never have to take that course. <laughs> they're happy to bring some comfort and some encouragement, which is great, but when their fellow Christian needs a word of challenge or correction, well, then they switch majors, okay? And I understand that. I, I tried to feel, explain what it feels like for me when I have that sense, like I may need to help that person, and this might be a harder word. I feel four competing impulses. So here, here's, here's how I break it down inside me. One is to say something. The second is to say nothing, but for a good reason. The third is to say nothing for a natural reason. And the fourth impulse is to say nothing for a bad reason. So let me break this down for you. You're like, you have a weird mind. Okay. The first thing is say something. Okay, in the body of Christ, if you see something, say something. <laughs> now, I've lived long enough that I've seen some, some really beautiful Christians that I loved make a junkyard out of their lives by choosing things and doing things that were just terrible for themselves and for others. And I think about that and I go, is there any way I could spare someone like that? This person seems like they're headed to that. Uh, don't I owe it to them in Christ to try to at least give them an appeal so that they don't do that? Okay, so that's the first impulse I have, say something. The second is to say nothing, but for a good reason. Right here in Colossians, it says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. So I don't need to correct everything, right? One sign that we're, you and I are growing in Jesus is that more and more we know how to forbear, to forgive, to say, yeah, well, you know what, that person's hurting, or that's just them, God bless them, you know? And, and that's actually a sign of growth. So Bonhoeffer even says, the person who has really listened and served and borne with others is the very one who's likely to say nothing. So that's the good reason that's going on in me. Then, there's a third reason uh, to say nothing for, for a neutral reason. I don't really love conflict. Not many people do. So that's just part of the territory. If you're waiting until you like conflict, you won't be able to <laughs> get very far with this. Okay. Then the fourth reason is to say nothing for a bad reason. Namely, rather than me go put this relationship at risk and maybe have some conflict with you, which I don't really want to have, I'm willing to settle for what our culture is so insisting on, which is you do you. What you do with your life is your business, and how convenient that is, because then what I get to do with my life is my business. Yay! Okay, how well is that working out? Bonhoeffer, here's what he thinks of that. Nothing can be more cruel than the leniency which abandons others to their sin. Whew. If we're going to speak the truth in love, and we definitely need both, it actually can give a person an opportunity to grow. 
Sometimes I, I get stuck in my mind because I'm like, well, I don't know if they're going to hear this. You know what? That's not really my problem, is it? My problem is to speak the truth in love, brokenhearted, urging them to maybe see it a different way. But then what they do with that, then that's really, I have to leave that with them and the Lord. Now, you can see, don't you, that it takes a ton of wisdom to sort all that out and figure out, should I speak or should I not? And that's why Bonhoeffer says in Life Together, this kind of speaking for God is harder to do than preaching. And I would agree. So I tried to think, is there any kind of like checklist I could give you? And I realized, no, there's no simple checklist for this. This is case-specific. It takes a ton of wisdom. It takes a lot of discernment. And usually what I do, and this is my recommendation to you, is to go to a wise and confidential person and lay before them all those competing impulses. Should I forbear? Is it just that I don't like conflict? Is it that they triggered my envy or resentment? Or do I really, am I God's messenger to say the word that needs to be brought? And, and let them sort it and sift it for you. Karen does this a lot for me, my prayer partner as well. Um, and so, but if, if some of you have kind of gone through 101 and 201 and you're ready to take the challenge, there you go. At the right time, you might grow well into that fine art of saying something that can help somebody else. I look back on my life and honestly, some of the moments that brought the most growth were when somebody had the courage to lovingly tell me some truth that I was not getting in some other way. I have blinders. We all do, don't we? I, I know I do. I don't see certain things. And sometimes I need somebody. Well, let me close with this. God is inviting every Christian community, including ours, to mature, to live into this beautiful and holy reality where the message about Christ in all its richness lives there in those people because they counsel each other, they teach each other, they they guide each other, they encourage each other, they pray for each other, and when it's necessary, they will speak a word of challenge or correction. That's how the church will mature. Now imagine what could happen here if we all start to go to the next stage of development in this fine art. I, I, I know what will happen. People will be encouraged, they'll be built up. It'll be, it'll be good. Um, listen to how St. Paul describes this. He says the person who prophesies, meaning he, they're speaking on behalf of God, speaks to other people for what? Their strengthening, their comfort, their encouragement. He says the person who prophesies builds up the church. And each one of us is given a certain measure of that grace to offer to each other. Amen.